I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendes. Hope you guys are well on your Sunday morning. We've got a packed show for you today. We're going to be looking back, of course, at yesterday's 2-1 home defeat uh, against Peterborough United that extends the uh, winless run uh, to eight league games. But also, there's loads of transfer chat um, to discuss uh, as well. So let's get straight into it. First up, top right of the screen, Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nath? Yeah, not bad, mate. Living the dream yourself. Uh, yeah, no, no, not another point on the board. Zero points on the board this weekend, which is uh, which is a frustration. Also, at the bottom of the screen there, uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. Hey, doing Tom? Yeah, I'm all right. It's a frustration, but it's quite common these days, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, used to this. Sort of become, become immune to it after a while, don't you? Yeah, good, um, good run of uh, no points on the board for yeah. really. We've, we've got herd immunity as a Charlton fan base on uh, to disappointment now. We, we we understand it and we and we know it and we're getting stronger by the day dealing with it. So uh, on today's show, we're going to hear the goals from the game uh, shortly. We're going to hear Michael Appleton's press conference quite early, I think, in the show, just because there were so many talking points uh, that came out of it yesterday. Obviously about the form. I've asked him if he's looking over uh, his shoulder, but there's loads of uh, things to discuss as well with regards to transfers. Obviously, uh, we're after one of Peterborough's players, as we well know, Johnson Clark-Harris. So we heard from uh, Michael Appleton about that yesterday. Corey Blackett-Taylor uh, was absent with, uh, with a, a leg injury, which was uh, just one... One step up from a body injury, basically, isn't it? But yeah, he was absent yesterday, so we'll talk about him and Derby's bid uh, for him. Michael Hector's out for a long time. Scott Fraser might, well, we won't stand, won't be standing in his way if a bid comes in by the sounds of it from what Michael Appleton said uh, yesterday as well. So yeah, loads of things to discuss. And morning to everyone uh, who's joining us in the chat. I can see Ray's in there, All Hell Let Loose is in there, James, Josh, Brazilian, Sam, uh, Massey, Ian's in there, Andrew. There's loads more of you in there as well. Have your say uh, on yesterday's game and performance and the transfer news. We want to talk about all of those uh, on this morning's Charlton Live. Later on, we've got a guest fan as well, Harry Warwick, is uh, going to join us. Uh, let us know what he's made of things uh, in and around SC7 over the last few weeks. Just before we hear the goals then, Nave, just um, briefly, how, how do you sum up yesterday's defeat against a, a high-flying Peterborough side? Obviously, we were 1-0 down at half-time. We didn't muster a shot on or off target in the second half. Second half was better. Uh, got back onto level terms, but there's always a goal against in us, uh, isn't there? And uh, sure enough, uh, Ephraim Mason-Clark got his second of the game 15 minutes from time, uh, and we fall to a fourth defeat in five games. Yeah, a bit of a weird one, really. First off, I've, I said on um, said in the chat, you say you could tell we was um, we were trying something different. It didn't work with, you know, Chet with the Campbells sort of going flitting in between the tens and the and going out wide. I think Tyrese isn't that sort of player to get the ball in tight areas and being able to turn him or sort of runs towards their goal directly. So it looked like um, I think Appleton got it wrong first half and set us up completely wrong, made the changes second half. Um, Backinson and and um, uh, Louis Watson was obviously pushing on Collins and 
Cipriano, which I think changed it a little bit. They couldn't really get out and we, we sort of built on the momentum and it was a bit of an odd one really. But listen, they're a good team. Their two wingers are their main threats and you could see that all, all game. Um, but yeah, ultimately we got nothing to show for it. I think we had a... I don't think we deserve to win. Like you say, the first half was poor and we just looked very tentative in our play and we didn't really look like we were knew we knew what we were doing, anyone. Um, and against a team like that, they're going to punish you. And obviously a player like uh, Mason Clark did that, unfortunately for us. Mm, certainly did. Right, let's have a listen back to the goals from Charlton TV. Your commentators, as always, uh, were Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley. To Edwards, who's got Burrows on the left-hand side. Burrows with the cross. It's a decent one. Jones controls and back towards Mason Clark. It's a wonderful finish. Just that little bit of space. And there's the quality of Mason Clark to finish and Peterborough have the lead. Yeah, down our right-hand side, we allow Burroughs far too much space. Nobody closing him down. An easy cross into the box. Touched back towards Mason Clark. He just turned and hit it beyond. Maynard Brewer, but that came from the Charlton right-hand side. Nobody, A, picking up the run of Burrows and then just allowing the cross to come in. Fairly simple, too simple. And then the touchback from Jay Jones to Mason Clark. It's a good finish, you can't Cuts argue inside. that. Nice play from Louis Watson to find Dobson and Charlton have got three bodies forward. Dobson, ball over the top, looking for Carnu. Goalkeeper comes out, Carnu has got options here. Daniel Carnu across goal and Edwards comes towards Beckinson. There's May! And Charlton equalise! Alfie May back in the side, 20th goal of the season for him. The way it came to him might have been fortunate, but Charlton's changes have made a difference in the Addicts are level. Really pleased with Daniel Carnu, he made the run. Superb work from Louis Watson, who caused a heart attack in our box moments earlier, but his footwork just did enough to allow the space for the ball forward. And the ball from Dobson, releasing Garno, and just for a second you thought, is he going to lift it over the keeper? No, he just collected it. Still win with his left foot cross. Yes, it was a, a fortunate deflection into the path of Backinson, but Alfie May does what Alfie May does best and just followed the ball in and made sure he finished. Will come again on the left-hand side, Mason Clark into the box, and he's not tracked, and the shot takes a deflection off of Dobson and goes beyond Maynard Brewer. And just as Charlton have a chance to take the lead at one end, Peterborough come up the other end and do it instead well that's the risk you know we spoke about this and, and there has been plenty of chances for Peter in the second half even though Charlton have been playing better the disappointing thing is today Watson's coming back after making that pass and no one's covering his position and in the end today Watson hasn't got the energy to get back to Mason Clark you see here he's still struggling still in his recovery run he glides past easier could Dobson get a little bit tighter to prevent the shot potentially and that's where the deflection is unlucky for Charlton but that threat for Mason Clark is always there there we go that's the goals uh, from Charlton TV uh, yesterday Tom um, I mean let's go straight into the, I mean, the second goal there's a few questions in, in the chat there about obviously tonight Watson's part in it. it's all hell let loose saying why didn't Watson run back for the second he just seemed to give up uh, Aaron pointing out he'd just busted go going forward why didn't the centre-backs or Dobbo uh, shut the guy down. I mean, I, it's probably a bit of both, really, for me. Like, I, I know he just got up the pitch, but he did, he did seem to run out of a bit of energy when he was getting back there. And obviously, Dobson was was um, doing what he does. He was trying to trying to make up for it. Um, Michael Appleton said maybe Jones could have got across too. I mean, that's we, we we are capable of 
conceding goals where it's often more than one player where you think, well, maybe if he'd done something slightly different, then we might not we might not have conceded there. Yeah, totally. I think uh, it's everybody's responsibility in the team, isn't it? I, uh, when we were watching it live, I was disappointed in Tene Watson. I get the point of him having made the run forward, but he made he tracked back as far as what the edge of the box, and then it seemed like he just stopped. Now, whether he couldn't get in the right position and he knew he was going to give a foul away or what, I'm not sure. But after that point, okay, he's given up or stepped back or whatever. As you say, you then need other players to fill in as well. And he's still got a couple of centre-backs there. He's still got Dobbo around. So, yeah, you you know, a team that are in good form and keeping clean sheets, a manager will come out after the game and say, we defend well as a team. We do the complete opposite. We defend very badly as a team, whether that's individual mistakes or everybody or a combination. We just don't defend well. It's as simple as that. And, and that was a perfect example of it. So, uh yeah, hugely disappointing on what was... I know we were having this discussion briefly before we came on air. I'm in the camp of thinking that was a very positive second half in the context of this season. I don't think it's enough for a Charlton team who want to, at some point in the next year, be uh, be playoff contenders at the very least. But in the context of this season, that's one of the better halves of football I've seen from us. And of course, they still created chances, as Greg said in the commentary there. You know, they're second in the league now and that's going to happen. But we created chances too. And you know, there could easily have been a couple of goals from each side that half. And to go toe-to-toe with Peter Burr in that second half is is encouraging, again, in the context of this season. Uh, largely, it's probably not good enough. But there were positive signs there, I thought, a little bit. But ultimately, we've still got nothing from the game. Ultimately, Apples is still under pressure from a lot of the fan base in particular. And I'm seeing that in the comments. And that's not going to go away now until we start winning games. And I know he's not worried about the relegation zone. I don't think I am. But at the same time, we're not a million miles away from it and we're going to need to start picking up points soon. Mm, yeah, Turkish saying we have a habit of not winning in this poor league. It's simply not good enough uh, for this club. I hate sacking managers, but Appleton wasn't even second or third choice. Uh, only one win uh, in uh, 11. Um, yeah, I mean, that first half in particular, it's clear we tried something different, the the, the back three. I, I, we, 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 going into the game, we thought it was going to be a 3-4-3, three, three, and at the start, I thought maybe it is, but then the, the more it sort of played on, like tonight, Watson, ironically, considering where he was for the goal we conceded, was very deep for a lot, a lot of that first half in particular. It looked more like almost a boxing midfield with Alfie up top on his own, and, and clearly it didn't work. Like I put the heat map up just before half time, Nathan. We barely got out of our half in that first period. We didn't have a shot on or off target in the first 45 minutes. We kept Peterborough Bay to an extent. They didn't have a great deal of chances, but again, it's like maybe when we played Bolton earlier on at home this season, you felt there was probably another gear they could go up into, and when they did, they scored an excellent first goal. Yeah, yeah, it did. And like you say, I think yeah, we didn't really get a sniff first half. I thought we invited pressure on a lot with um, with Backinson and Dobbo sitting quite deep. I just think it allowed, they, they seemed to get spaces for their wide players, which are their biggest threats. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously something didn't work. I don't know what, what they were working on in training, if it was that. But obviously it's something, it's food for thought for Michael anyway. And um, But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's disappointing to lose, but, you know, they are a good team, but they weren't. I didn't look at them and go, wow, you know, it's not like, whereas a Bolton, like you say, Bolton team for me, when they came here, as bad as we were that day, they did impress me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we didn't really get out and obviously you had to, you had to make the changes. Um, just disappointing that it, 
Now, that first half, to right off and you're one goal down then, and it's one of those ones where as soon as we go a goal down, you go, right, can you see a score in two without conceding? And I think that's the problem we've got at the moment. Um, but yeah, it was a nice little rally in the second half. We had we had a little bit more about us. And, you know, maybe on another day we could have got something, but ultimately we didn't. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, as you say, uh, we tried shaping up first half and the heat map. So... Um, but obviously the changes at halftime did work, but by that mm. that time you're, you're chasing a game. Yeah, and obviously in order to have to make changes that work at halftime, it means you have to have had a a bad start to the game. And and, and obviously Michael will, will be looking at himself, and you know he said it wasn't just personnel. Like again, we'll hear the interview shortly. He felt there was sort of the way some of the people on the pitch were playing. But I mean, in terms of personnel, obviously the two Campbells were extremely quiet, including Tyrese. You know, I was saying I was saying in the press room before the game to a couple of people, so I really hope Tyrese. Put, like kicks on from having a I think he'd had a couple of decent performances recently including the goal at Port Vale but you know before that he'd been awful uh, and, and he sort of reverted to type yesterday Tom which was which was disappointing um second half Dan coming on um made a difference two up top made a difference Alfie obviously being in the position to score Backinson's uh assist is one of the most sort of like incredible assist you've ever seen like most people would have gone for goal there but he's like no I'm flicking up towards our top scorer at the far post and and Alfie and we have to mention Alfie 20 goals already I think facts and stats has put out that he his joint quickest to, to do that in in 30 odd years or whatever it was for for a Charlton player like considering that's his first game back back with a goal that that was big for him yeah and and obviously we're now looking at how we look at positives for the remainder of this season and, and particularly into next season. And, and he's obviously going to be one of them. It was, uh, yeah, again, obviously had to play a couple of positions because of the switch at half time. But I thought that too. Um, people have been calling for two up front for a little while. Obviously, we haven't really had that second striker since Lee Burns' injury. That's That's been the problem. But it seems like Johnson Clark-Harris probably isn't coming in. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, sorry, just laughing at Jay's comment in the the chat there about Fraser's performance yesterday. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, if May can get a decent striker alongside him and they can play two up front, then then that's going to work well. I was really disappointed for Tyrese yesterday. I mean, obviously he struggled and he had to come off at half-time. If, if Apples hadn't made changes at half-time, I'd have been, yeah, I'd have understood kind of anger at the start of the second half. But fair play to him. You know, he held his hand up, admitted he got it wrong, made those changes and yeah, I hope it doesn't affect Tyrese too much. This is what we keep saying about young players, right? It's all right when they kick on, like you say, and they get their goal and you think, OK, but then they come up against a good side and, and basically are ineffective. If anything, it kind of almost have a negative impact on the game. He was really poor yesterday. You don't want that to, to knock his confidence too much. So with the signings we've made and with the change of shape, maybe we can take him out the firing line for a bit. That, that sort of side that finished the game yesterday certainly looked a little bit more dangerous and... And then we can introduce him from the bench, which is where, you know, sometimes he can come on, he can add something. Going back to Appleton's comments about Fraser and his kind of inability to add that pace and that attacking threat uh, off the bench, Tyrese can do that, you know, against a tiring defence. So I don't want to dig him out too much. It was a poor first half. He got taken off, rightly so. And and now hopefully he can get some time out of the firing line. New signings can come in and, and kind of change that up a bit. But yeah, it was a, a tough game for him and for Chem as well. I don't know what's going to happen with Chem and that loan, but I've been slightly more impressed with him over the last few weeks. Um, and again, basically ineffective in that first half. But as as Apple said, that was down to everything, including the shape as well, I think. 
Yeah, a couple of comments. Ray saying it was a better performance than of recent, but there's still a long way to go. The new signings seem an improvement uh, on what we have, so you can't complain on that score. Hopefully a few, a few more uh, through the door. John saying, morning, Alex. Uh, who remembers Sundays in the good old days when we used to win on a Saturday? Uh, I don't actually know. I'm not convinced we've ever actually won a, a game of uh, association football. Uh, Connor Coventry. Have to mention Connor Coventry when he came on. Obviously, Fiorini came on very late. Uh, didn't have much time to do anything. Didn't really do anything. Uh, Backinson, we've spoken about. But what about Connor Coventry, Nath? Yeah, no, he, uh, <clears throat> impressive. Um, I think you can tell he's a, a, a better than League One, for sure. I think just the in terms of... Um, obviously, I think that challenge he done early doors to to win the ball and spread it wide. I think that was a good sort of moment in the game for him, just so he gets settled in. Everyone's like, right now we know what he's about. He was calm on the ball, um, but yeah, impressive. I, I can't see it being too long until he's starting. Um, I think the question is going to be around if he, he starts with Dobbo or if it's one or the other, um, which will be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, I think he looked really tidy when he came on, really impressive. But I think everyone sort of knew that, really. If you're coming from, you know, from a side like West Ham, who won the UEFA Conference League or whatever trophy in Europe it is, can't remember. Um, you've got to have some sort of pedigree about you. And I thought he showed that from the minute he stepped on the pitch. Um, and obviously it bodes well for the future for all of us. Hmm. Excellent. Right. I'm going to get into the Michael Appleton press conference now, uh, which is a bit earlier than normal, but you'll see why it's, it's, it's slightly longer than normal. But also there's so many talking points that come out of it. So we're still going to get to some of your messages. Uh, we've got a few emails, a few tweets. I'm going to get to as many as possible. But like I say, there's so many talking points uh, that came out of yesterday's press conference with the, the game, the run we're on, the fact we're still only seven points above the relegation zone, but also Johnson, Clark, Harris, Corey, Blackett, Taylor, all these conversations uh, are in there. So let's have a listen to what Michael Appleton said uh, after yesterday's home defeat uh, against Peterborough. Defeat here against Peterborough, what did you make of it today? Um, obviously frustrating first half. I thought we were a bit tentative. Um, yeah, probably showed them a little bit too much respect. It wasn't part of what the game plan was, certainly. Um, I thought in the second half, obviously, once we made the change, certainly helped us playing with that extra striker getting Tyreek a little bit higher at the pitch, closer to their two baseline midfield players. Um, and I thought we were great in the second half. I thought we were outstanding at times. I thought we would have, that performance would have beat 90% of the teams in this league. Uh, we have come up against a really, really top side that we knew were a good side. But the pleasing thing is we went toe-to-toe with them in that second period and um, created many opportunities, lots of opportunities. A little bit better finishing, a little bit better maybe composure, timing of pass, uh, and it could have been a different story. Do you think it was just the personnel change that you made at half-time that gave you that second-half performance? I think so, and and it not necessarily sometimes personnel. Maybe maybe it sort of um, <coughs> suited us to pass the ball forward a little bit earlier and, and, and look to play forward earlier. And that, that was my frustration at half-time. The two things that I wanted from us is to pass the ball forward quicker, and make runs without the ball. And I didn't think we were making runs without the ball in the first half. I thought there was too many players coming towards the ball to receive it. So I think we got that in the second half because it wasn't just Alfie and DK. There was runs from midfield and people running off the ball from midfield. And um, that certainly helped us, made them desperate at times and after defend uh, desperate at times which made the atmospheres what it did in the second half. Because you tried that new shape in, in the first period. I mean, is that sort of what your recruitment is heading towards, is trying a new formation? Yeah, definitely. I think it's fair to say, you know, you look at the group as it is and the type of personnel we've got, 
Um, yeah, it was you know something we spoke about on numerous times before January opened, looking at what we've got in the building, looking what might not be here, you know, beyond the summer, etc. Um, and listen, what I've seen in the second half, like I say, give me loads of hope and encouragement and. You know, I, was, I really enjoyed watching the second half, and I think the fans did as well. Still, also, unfortunately, goals conceded in the in this team, and, mm. and certainly the second one, it felt like they could have been better closing down. By the time George had got back there, there was people that let him run past as well. Yeah, and there's a lot of luck with it as well. Massive deflection. I think it was going into straight into Ashley's hands, and obviously, unfortunately, it's come off. I think it's come off that old knee uh, before it's gone in. Um, but yeah, again, and, and they're sort of the learning things that you get from playing different personnel and different formations. And you could argue that, you know, Lloyd might be able to get across a little bit earlier. Um, but, you know, get there the things that you can work on and, and show people and improve uh, from game to game. You'll still be aware, of course, of the run of results. And we have one eye sort of over your shoulder until this turns around quickly. Not really, no. I think you've just got to focus on what we're doing. You know, we've got 20 points, and, and that's not being stupid or, you know, blase in any way. We've got we've got 20 games, 60 points to play for, and I, and I think with the personnel we've got in the building now, we're clearly top end of the pitch. We're, we're missing a piece of a jigsaw that we're working really really hard to try and rectify. If we do that, um, and possibly one or two more, then them 60 points, you know, um, I, I do believe that we can like win a massively significant amount of them. It's been quite publicly that you've tried to rectify that top end of the pitch with one of Darren's players. Obviously, he spoke about that he thinks there's still a distance between the club and the player. What's your understanding of, of that? Yeah, exactly what he said. Yeah, that's um, you know that's a, my understanding of it as well. Is it still yeah. alive, that deal, is it? Um, who knows? Um, I, I think that probably the distance between sort of both parties is probably more to not being alive than being alive. You've got a backup plan, I'm guessing, as well, then? Yes, we have, yeah. And you're still yeah. working on those? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, we saw some of your new signings come on today. Um, I think it was three Davies, Backinson started, obviously, Coventry mm. and Fiorini came mm. off the bench. What did you make of those? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I say, Tyreek uh, was, was good. I think it was a good performance. I thought he looked much more comfortable and better um, high up the pitch in the second half, which is something to for us to know. Um, tired towards the end, that's why we had to make the change. I thought Connor was outstanding when he came on. I thought he just ran the game when he came on, um, just showing the quality of what he is and what he's about. Um, and Louis Fiorini, like I say, you know, he's one that definitely we will encourage and make sure we get more and more minutes into him because, you know, whether it's off the bench or starting, he'll get goals from that area. So yeah, Connor in particular is one that fans seem really excited about. But also, they're then saying, well, "Does that mean he's a replacement for George?" I mean, can you see those working in the same team? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, there was there was, there was an occasion, and certainly um, just before half time, half time, and just after half time, where I'm thinking, you know, can can double play a little bit out of the pitch, and that's what happened when Connor when Connor came on, and um, you know what it does do, it gives that sort of physicality. You know, to jump on their baseline midfield players, and um, I thought them two did that in that period. But again, obviously, once we conceded the, the, the goal to go behind, you need a goal, so that's why we made the change. One notable accident today, obviously, Corey. We know there's people who are interested in him. Mm-hmm. And what was his injury that you could tell us about? I'm not too sure in terms of like how sort of bad it was, but um, yeah, he's just got a, an injury to his leg yesterday in training, so. Um, you know, wasn't available for the squad. Is it going to be difficult to keep hold of him over the next few days, do you feel? Um, I've got no idea, to be honest with you. I've got no idea. I think, obviously, 
Um, I know there's been a bid, has he, today, potentially? There's been yeah. a bid rejected. Been bid rejected, so obviously, um, listen, until obviously a bid gets accepted, then he'll like, remain our player and be available if he's fit. Yeah, the, the club that he could potentially go to was named in the press by by Derby. Is that, is that your understanding of it? And do you think a club of, of their size have probably got a bit of pulling power? Uh, well, they might have pulling power, but unless they come up with a figure that is comfortable with the board and the football club to agree, it doesn't matter how much pulling power they got. <laughs> so no, no, no hate today. What's, what's up with him? Yeah, unfortunately, um, he's going to be out for 10 weeks or so. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't great news midweek that that we got um, hamstring, um, yeah. So obviously that was a bit of a, a sucker and a, a punch to the to the kidneys for for me personally. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's why then way he's been pretty consistent for us over the period of time that I've been at the club. And um, yeah, big ball for him, big ball for us, and um, opportunities, opportunity now for for other people to come in and. I thought the free centre halves, especially in the second half, were far more aggressive and on the front four. And you know the likes of Lloydie and, and Nessie. Nessie I thought Nessie was superb in the second half as well. And and Terrell. So there's a, listen, there's an opportunity for for, for those three to um, you know really step up to the plate. And obviously, we'll see Gillespie come into the side. I guess at yeah. some point over the next few weeks. Does, does that mean you now need one more, or do you think with what you've got in the building, there's still there's enough there? Um, obviously, we're mindful of the amount of injuries that we have picked up. Um, and I think, you know, from from my point of view, if it was in an ideal world for me, I'd, I'd like one more. Um, but I think that um, I can't be too greedy. Uh, I think the the area that obviously we all want to address is a little bit higher up the, <coughs> the pitch this week. And I think if we do that and we and we're comfortable with what we've got there, then it might be something that we can look to do after that. Just fine. Obviously, you've got loads of midfielders now. And Scott yeah. Fraser is a midfielder and wasn't involved today. I mean, is he sort of further down the picking order at the moment? I think it is stupid of me to say no, um, because like you say, we've got you know a lot of players in that area now, and obviously we've got some young players that that we feel are, are going to sort of only get better and better over the next twelve eighteen months. And um, you know when you're looking to sort of affect a game and and use someone off the bench to try and create something, Scott over the period of time has been quite good at that. But we just feel that we're we're going in a in a direction where we're Still trying to have experience, but you know, have a little bit more injection of like energy, pace, athleticism, and all these things. So, um, listen, Scott's been as good as gold. He's professional. He comes in, he trains. Um, but if we're going to go forward, if we want to, we want to be where Peterborough are right now. Some big decisions and tough decisions have to be made, and that's just one of them. Does that include <coughs> potentially Scott might move then in this window? I'd never say never. Um, you know, and I think certainly. If the opportunity did did sort of come, then um, you know we won't be standing his way. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts, and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured, and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk. Hello, fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six Pub of the Year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer, 
It's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. Just before the break there, we heard from the Addicts manager, uh, Michael Appleton, or head coach, of course, I should say. Um, I hope you guys found that as uh, enlightening as I did in terms of the amount of stories we got out of it. Of course, there's player movements, players' injuries. You know, I asked him about Scott Fraser at the end. There's loads to talk about. In terms of stuff on the uh, on the game, I mean, Murray said, uh, well, that wasn't massively inspiring in terms of the interview. Um yeah, I think uh, Charlie said something funny earlier. As I said, uh, I'd struggle to finish my shift at McDonald's if this was my manager calling the shot. Never mind a professional football game. Uh, Jesus wept. Guy said, uh, if the players believed in apples, we'd see it from then uh, on the pitch. I think it's fair to say, Naif, that we're, we're, we're hearing currently from a manager who I don't think is under pressure from above at the moment in terms of from what we've heard from Jim Rodwell on the Q&A in midweek from what Andy Scott told Rich in in the SLP just before Christmas I think I think it's clear they're going to give him chance so he's not coming out maybe even if you go back to the Oxford game at home where he came out frustrated and fighting his corner a little bit I I think he's been I think he's heard those interviews and thought you know there's no immediate pressure so that's sort of the reaction you're getting from from some of his post matches at the moment. He's not desperately flailing. He's 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 trying to remain sort of calm and cool, um, and not massively addressing the fact that we're on a big long run without a win and and we're seven points above the relegation zone. He said he's not looking over his shoulder, which is obviously opposite to what Paul Elliott said during the week. Yeah, I think I'm reading between the lines on Wednesday at the Q and A. Um it did come across that, you know, they're going to give him time, which I got, sort of understand. I'm probably, I know I'm very much in the minority, I reckon, in the fan base in terms of giving him a bit of time. Just for the fact, before the injury crisis, he did go on an unbeaten run when we had we had more players that, you know, that were fit. Granted, the, the performances have been good enough um, for quite a lot, for like quite a long period of time now. We've got some more bodies coming in. You've got some injuries coming back. I'm not saying we're all singing and dancing. We're going to go unbeaten for the rest of the season, but... I think you're right in terms of he's probably going to have an element of backing from from the board in terms of the next few weeks. Having said that, if we then go on, if we then do not win in the next few games, especially before February, um, football's a, a strange game and things change quickly. And then the conversation might be more towards is right. Is it time where, where are the board going to get? You know the trigger finger, as it were, and are they going to try and look for a bounce? But I think for the foreseeable, yeah, I think he's safe. But 
that doesn't mean he's going to guaranteed, in my opinion, to be here at least to the end of the season. Because you carry on losing and we get nearer and nearer that bottom. Um, then obviously the board have then got to make some really, really tough decisions. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, Ian said uh, he, they certainly won't sack him until at least the, the window closes. Uh, Jay saying, to be fair to Appleton, he's not happy with the squad. I think we all hoodwinked ourselves on how good these players are. Uh, they are in League One uh, for a season. Brazilian says, I don't think there's enough pressure on anyone. There's no pressure on him. And his energy is transpiring uh, to the team potentially. And so, I mean, the second half of this, uh, that, this season now, I mean, so I'd, I'd say maybe even six weeks after the window closes, well, when when I think they will judge him, I'm not saying that's when we should be judging him. A lot of fans have judged him already, and think I think they've seen enough based on you know even the first half. So let's say he made changes, didn't work. That sort of things does concern people because, and we've seen that that run of results, that run of late goals. I mean, yesterday was the first time we hadn't conceded in, in the last 10 minutes of a game for quite a while, but it was still the last 15, so I don't know. We could just change the stats slightly and keep it going. Um, uh, Martin saying, can I just play a post-match interview from a happier time just for our sanity? I'll, I'll get the Bowyer after after Wembley one out, if you fancy it, maybe later on. Um, are, are we in a relegation battle, Tom? Seven points above it. When you look at our form, if that continues, then people will start to catch up with us at some point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, everything from the table says yes, right? They've got the games point... in hand as well. The two teams below uh, in the bottom four have got games in hand, yeah. So there's the points, there's the games in hand, there's the injuries, there's the run. All of that speaks to it. The... I don't know if it's me being just too positive. I just think there's enough in this squad. And, and I know they haven't proven that, right, for the last however long. But anybody that I've listened to with any kind of knowledge of this level, including the likes of the not not the top 20, etc., all agree as well. There is too much in this squad. Now, in any division, we've seen squads with good players go down, right? So I'm not saying that that means we're immune at all. And I'm not saying that this squad are brilliant by any stretch either. But I do think that even just from yesterday afternoon, the players we brought in look different level. I saw somebody mentioning the likes of uh, Backinson and Coventry playing together in the midfield with Louis Watson. That's arguably a championship-level midfield. I appreciate we still need a striker. I appreciate we're still not a brilliant side. I just feel like there is too much. However, if we were to lose to Burton at the weekend and, and lose another couple of games, and as you say, they those other teams around us do win, then we could drop another two or three places and suddenly it becomes a lot, lot worse. So I think, I think we probably are to a certain extent. I guess I don't think we're going to go down is probably my answer, but... You know, we're not we're not too big to go down by any stretch and the points gap says that we, we probably are. I just think there's a lot of teams between us. There's a lot of rubbish down the bottom of this league and I just think we'll probably have enough to stay up. Now, that's still not good enough, obviously, but for this season, sadly, that's, that's all we can really hope for because we're not going to go up and so at best, we're just going to lollop around in mid-table anyway. So, um, mm. yeah, it's... It, it's just not a good conversation to be having, but you're right. It's one that we've got to have at the moment. Yeah. Turkish is saying it's okay giving managers time, but it's got to be the right person. When we were recruiting managers, Appleton was not our first choice. Uh, very uh, concerned. Alan's pointing out correctly that we can't beat anyone at the moment. Isaac, how far do we let him take us down the table? And that is, that is what, you know, Andy Scott has got to balance up. Bear in mind, you know, we said it on the day that he appointed it. I think Joe said, it, you know, Andy Scott appointed this manager. He will feel there's a bit of his reputation goes along with Michael Appleton being a success. And I think that does play a big part in it at this moment in time. Um, certainly. Right. Um, 
we've got emails. We're gonna. I'll try to get to a couple, but we we should talk transfers. Um, which one should we do first? Uh, Blackett Taylor, Derby. Um, so there was clarification. So Michael Appleton said that the bid came in yesterday. The club did clarify just after that it came in earlier in the week and was rejected earlier in the week. If that's important to you or not. Um, but yeah, I mean that that lower body injury he had, Nathan. It sounds sounds painful. Um, do you think there's a reasonable chance he moves here? If we, if they get to the right number, do you think Derby will be somewhere that Corey would would, would see his future at? I think so. I think he's from the Midlands anyway, isn't he? So it wouldn't surprise me if he does. I don't know how far, how much they're holding out for, but if we've offered him a contract and he doesn't want to sign it, it makes business sense to try and get some money instead of him going away for a free in the summer. That's just simple maths. But, but yeah, um, the, sim- the, the, sim- the simple maths... Mm. Surely means that we have, uh, like Corey is our second, is a pro- arguably our most important player, arguably our second most important player. If we let him go between now and we don't replace him for the rest of the season, it will not be easy to replace Corey Blackett Taylor with what he provides to this team. Then that seven points mm. and this run, the run could very well continue without one of our best players, and that seven points will get a lot shorter. Yeah, no, of course he's done. He's done very, very well, and he's a very dangerous player at this level. But I think if if you if if you don't sell him now and he's not going to sign a contract, is he going to be doing the same? Is he going to give you the same output that he's been doing for the rest of the season? Is he going to want to get injured because he's going to be able to get a free move wherever he wants? So I think now is the time that if he doesn't want to sign it, in my opinion, I reckon you have to get him, get rid of some money, and then build a team around May because then May mm. is then our talisman. On but that's where our best player is. So you need to get players in and around May, which I think we did second half. But I agree mm. in terms of how difficult it's going to be to replace him without a doubt but at the same time I don't think you're going to get the same CBT and I think you'll be seeing a lot more leg injuries up from now until the end of the season if we yeah. don't accept a bid at some yeah. point yeah it'll be, be kept out with a with a really nasty body injury uh, by the end of the season the, 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 yeah interesting points obviously being made there the thing that concerns me is you know we, we you can see that they're thinking about laying some groundwork now I think I, I've enjoyed the people coming in so far. I hope they're going to turn out to be good. Cover commentary, one game looked good. You know, let's hope that is groundwork. I'm not going to say it is yet because it's way too early, but let's hope it is. But obviously, if we then lose players, it would just be so typical of us that we, midway through a season, start laying the groundwork for a promotion bid and we accidentally get relegated because we didn't we didn't think about what we were doing. And then that changes everything for this ownership group, everything, because their their plan, I think, is based around getting up sooner rather than later. And if you throw in another promotion to the mix and League Two and the crowd, it's just a disaster that I think we've got to be very, very careful. Um, right, Johnson, Clark, Harris. Um, yeah, both managers yesterday. I didn't bother playing the Darren Ferguson interview, but he said very similar. Both managers making it sound like, to me, it's probably off. Things can change in football, Tom, but it's the player's prerogative. If you don't want to come, then fine. But also, if you don't want to come, then it's probably best for us to start thinking elsewhere. And and that's what Michael has hinted that we seem to be doing now. Yeah, move on, move on. I think, look, he's a, a brilliant player at this level. I can't remember which of the two managers said, you know, you don't really get anybody like him at this level. And the goals he scored for Peterborough, what is it, over 75 in three seasons, like that consistency as well. Um, I'd like to think we've offered him something that's within the kind of fits with whatever model we've got. Uh, and if he doesn't want to come at that level, then fair play. The, the team is bigger than one player. Um, uh, and if that's, uh, you know, I don't know what he's like. I'm not saying that he's necessarily thinking he's too big for us, but maybe the deal just isn't what what he wants. There's rumours of Wrexham wanting him, isn't there? I know he's, they're a division lower, but they're going to pay off the scale. 
Um, I don't know whether he can necessarily cut it at championship level on a regular basis, but we're not fighting at the top end of League One. And if he doesn't buy into that project for next year, and as you say, there's no guarantee that we're going to be in League One next year anyway. Fair enough. I don't think let's not linger on it. Um, we all know we need an, we need an, a striker. We need a, a big number nine. Um, and we can't spend the next two, two and a half weeks just trying to get him. I think there'll be other irons in the fire. Andy Scott, again, as you say, needs to step up, show what his targets are, and we just need to find somebody else. It's a shame. I think him and May would have linked up well, but as I say, he's not he's not the only the only fish out there. So let's go and find somebody else now. Mm, yeah, and well, how how difficult it is to get a player of his quality when when it clearly knows what he he believes his worth is, and and maybe if it is abroad or as I said on on Thursday, if there are clubs willing to wait until he's a free agent and therefore maybe offering slightly more because I don't have to pay a transfer fee, that that is quite a difficult one for us. But also at some point we've got we've got to be the club that signs the quality players like Ipswich did if we're going to make make the the jump up. So that's a real fine balancing act they have to find. Scott Fraser, Nathan, that's the next one. I'm sort of reeling through these because I want to get our guest fan on soon as well who will who will discuss these things with us as well. But yeah, Fraser, so wasn't playing yesterday and you know, I've just put it to him, Michael, will he move? He's clearly down the pecking order and they're not going to stand in his way. Obviously it's not going to be that easy to his wages to to get him off the wage bill, but I kind of, I, I, I was kind of glad to hear that. You know, I'm sad it's got to this, but I was kind of glad to hear that. He's frustrated me for too long. Yeah, I think he's, I think on his day, I think he's a good player at this level if the system suits him. I think if he, if we're going to go down this box uh, going forward, I don't think he fits. I think if you're playing at the top of the box, I think you've got to be quite agile. You've got to be able to get around the pitch. You've got to try and work the channels if you, you need to get some space, which which I think we did at points yesterday. I just don't think he fits in it. And I don't know what he's on, but I don't think he's going to be on 500 quid a week. Um, and then the problem's going to come in. It's it's all well and good trying to say he can, he won't stand in his way, but then you're going to need a club who's going to come into that um, and pay that or at least pay him what he wants. So, yeah, it's, it's disappointing because I did like Fraser. There was a good, he had a good season. Was it a couple of seasons back where he got into double figures maybe? But I just think if we're going to, and we, we needed it. And, and it's true what Mike Wapperton said. If we're going to move on as a club and go down a new sort of way of playing, you need to make some ruthless decisions. And unfortunately, Corey's going to be one of them. We've got to be honest with that. Fraser's going to be another. So, um, yeah, obviously, I hope if he, if he can find a move, that'd be great. And then hopefully we can try and build a team more around May and get the best out of May and get someone to be a foil for May who can play up alongside him. Uh, and, and just finally, Heck's going to be out for 10 weeks with a hamstring problem, Tom. Um, yeah, I mean, it's disappointing for Heck. You know, he's, he's a human being and, and I'm sure he would have wanted to be playing in these in, in the next 10 weeks of this season because he has still got to try and earn a contract somewhere. Um, you know, he's, he's had his moments this season, to put it, put it nicely. He's had some good games this season, though, as well. We've got to be fair and remember that he has had some good ones. Um, but I did ask if we're now going to have to delve into the market again for a centre-half. You know, Michael said... It's not our priority, but he would like one more. Um, obviously, we've got Gillespie's coming, who I haven't seen play yet, so we don't know what he's all about. Ness uh, played his first league minute since October yesterday. Um, would you reckon, Tom, are you desperate for one more now that Hicks out? I think we probably need one more, yeah. I think um, I liked, I thought Thomas played okay yesterday. As I said, I think Jones has been the standout performer in that back line, although I appreciate he's had some dodgy moments in recent weeks as well. And Ness, obviously, is going to take a little while to get up to speed, but we know what he's capable of in terms of good performances. 
So I think you've got three there that are probably capable. And then I think one more. I, I really struggle with Hector as well. As you say, there are moments in games where he does he does very, very good defending. And then there's moments where I think I could defend better and I'm an appalling footballer. So it, it's very difficult. I, I don't think we can have that inconsistency in, in our side. I don't think we can have that that fear that we might make a mistake like that because that lack of confidence then breeds through the back line. And when you've got somebody of that level of experience making that sort of mistake, that that feeds through to the younger players as well. So I don't think we're going to be building a back line around him next season. It might be a blessing in disguise that he's out for these next few weeks because it gives us an opportunity to, to play those other players and start to look at what the shape will look like for next year. You'd imagine Jones and Gillespie probably in a two, or maybe with a Thomas or an S or somebody else in a three will be how we set up next year. Uh, and that makes a lot more sense. Sadly, Hector's, you know, back end of his career. And as I say, he's had some okay games. He's made some some very good tackles and some very good blocks and done some very good defending, but he's also made a lot of mistakes and cost us a lot of goals individually. So yeah, again, I've said this a lot in recent weeks. Ultimately, first and foremost, I'm a Charlton fan. And for that, I don't think Hector fits in, sadly. So, um, yeah, obviously, as you say, as a human being, I want him to recover and I hope he finds a contract somewhere. But as a Charlton fan, sadly, I don't want it to be us next year because I think ultimately, if we're looking at being a promotion side next year, having Michael Hector as one of our starting centre-backs probably isn't the right call. Yeah, we need we, we need to be ruthless as a club. And like we say, maybe that's what we're going to be with Fraser, hopefully. That's probably what we need to be with some of our more senior players because we are... Where are we in the league? Like 13th still? <laughs> like, come on, we're 13th in League One. It's only goal difference that's keeping us above 17th, by the way. Like, we are not a very good side overall. Um, there's some interesting chat uh, going on, people talking about Fraser, a couple of people, Brazilians and, and Joe, saying uh, they wouldn't be that sad to see, uh, to Fra to see Fraser go. Um, yeah, plenty of stuff in there. Right, let's uh, bring in our guest fan um, to discuss a lot of the stuff we've been talking about as well. If you've got any questions for him, uh, let us know. But Harry Warwick uh, is going to join us now uh, on Charlton Live. Uh, Harry, uh, how are you doing, mate? Good to see you. Morning, guys. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good uh, indeed. You were really eager to come on as our, as our guest fan this uh, this weekend, which is always good to see. Um, let us know uh, what you're feeling about about everything Charlton at the moment. Obviously, yes, yesterday's defeat, um, two one at home to to Peterborough. What did you make of the game? What would you fear with the run that we're on? What do you make of the manager as well? I guess. Um, to be honest, I think yesterday sort of epitomised the entire season so far. Um, first half was very flat. Um, not really inspiring at all. Um, it felt as if that was how we would play without Blackie Taylor. Um, a lot of rumours surrounding him at the minute. It just felt like without him in the side, there was nothing, um, no threat to really put us on the front foot and actually threaten them. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter were very vocal, whether uh, in regards to playing Alpha May up front. And don't get me wrong, obviously he's a striker, but I feel, I feel like when he plays up front, he's it sort of he's too good just to play up front. He does he does so much elsewhere behind the striker um for him to just be playing up front. I feel like he can be wasted when he plays up front on his own. Obviously we saw at the start of the season when he was playing up front, he didn't really hit the ground running um the first five games um but 
second half was a lot more positive. I felt like there was a lot of good individual performances. Um, Terrell Thomas, I thought, was very impressive, defended very well. Um, Ness started shaky, but made a great block when uh, I believe it was nil-nil. Um, and I thought um, Tyreek Backinson, I thought he was very, very good. I thought like he's the presence that we've been missing in midfield. Um, if you look at all the top teams across the, across the world, they've always got a bit of height, a bit of presence in their midfield. And I thought like that's what we've been missing ever since um, Kamara got injured. And yeah, I just felt like although the second half was better, it was an improvement, it ultimately wasn't good enough. And Peterborough showed us how to hold on to a lead. So we should learn from that, I think. <laughs> That's true. Uh, morning, H. Um, in terms of, um, obviously, Appleton said that he's not looking over his shoulder at the moment. I mean, firstly, are you um, are you looking over your shoulder? And do you think we should give uh, Appleton time? Or are you more sort of, we need to make a change sort of soonish? Um, I've always been of the belief that I've been I've been a season ticket holder for 15 years, right? And I've never seen this club have any success when the fans aren't connected. And I feel like Appleton's made a rod for his own back. Um, by he's not really made any effort to connect with the fan base. It seems like the players aren't playing for him. Like I saw a lot of criticism for tonight Watson for not tracking back enough for their for their winning goal. But it just looks like the players aren't playing for him. The fans, the atmosphere has been flat for the last couple of weeks. And it's like the players are hopeless, the fans are hopeless. And to be honest, he says he's not looking over his shoulder, but the way it's going, we've got one point since Christmas. We have to be realistic with where we are right now. The managers want, uh, the owners want to get out of this league. And I just feel like it's naive, very naive to say we're not looking over our shoulder. Yes, we're making good signings. Yes, the second half was very promising, but we've got one point since Christmas Day and that's that for this club in this division is really not good enough. Harry looking trying to look at some positives going forward between now and the end of the season. You mentioned uh you mentioned Backinson and, and you were slightly impressed with with him yesterday. Obviously it's a small sample size but we saw uh Fiorini and, and Coventry come on. What have you made of the signings we've made so far in January based on that performance and just based on who we've brought in? And kind of who do you still want to see come in over the next two, three weeks? Um, I think it's very obvious we still need a striker. Um, but the, the signings we have made so far, I think, are very promising. Um, I like the looks of Coventry. I think we've got a really good sign in there. I think he's really, really the exact type of player that we that we need. And it's a real statement of intent from the owners to get someone in like him who's in demand that championship level who played a key run in well not a key running but played a run had a part to play in West Ham winning the conference league last year um young player international player at his age group captain all of his age groups at international level is a real statement of intent from the owners and I feel like they're doing all they can to support Appleton it's now got to the point where Appleton has to pull a result out of the bag I, if we don't get at least a draw at Burton, then he has. To, I, I, I don't really know to be honest, but it's it's not looking promising on the pitch, but off the pitch, I feel like it is looking promising. And with the signings that we've made, I feel like um, I feel like it's kind of going in the right direction. It just needs to all align, 
And like I said earlier, with regards to the fans, I don't think this club will go anywhere without the fans being on board. We've seen yeah, so I'm... many times. I think we're like, sorry to interrupt. I feel like with Boya, I was very vocal on Twitter about Boya not being the guy for us anymore, the year where he eventually resigned. But the one thing that he did do is he brought everyone together from top to bottom and everyone was pushed in the same direction. And I feel like that is that is our issue at the minute. Everyone's so divided and you can't be successful when everyone's divided. So re- really, really good point there, Harry. Actually, looking back at when Bo left as well, it was during COVID, wasn't it? So that, I mean, he did go off the rails at the end, but that was with without fans for, for the majority of it. So I wonder how much of a difference that would have made if he, he could still have the fans there to be part of that that sort of relationship between him and, and the Charlton support base. And I think you're bang right. Obviously, Michael um, isn't one to have uh, made that connection with the supporters. We were told that before he came in by Lincoln fans and I think by, by Blackpool fans as well. Um, obviously, he has been hiding behind and that, I think that is a fair phrase, the, the injuries and, and the problems there. But I mean, so many people have said in the chat, I mean, are we, uh, even with the squad we have with the injuries, are we a team that should have only picked up one point since since Christmas, as as you as you mentioned there? And that, that sort of sums it up, really. How, how much longer do you give him then? Because clearly the board seemed to be. How much longer would you give him to, to start getting results? Well, it is a fair excuse. But at the end of the day, if you have players available, you can't, you can't, it's, it's, it's difficult, really, because at the start of the season, Holden had the same issue and he was set for it. And the form right now is not good enough. It's plain and simple, it's not good enough. So if we were to lose to Burton, I would I would think we should we should take some action, regardless of whether or not players are injured or not. Yes, we have big players like Anike, like Kamara, who are earning big money, who aren't available at the minute. That's that that is true. He can he can is he's not wrong to use that as an excuse, but one point since Christmas is inexcusable. And to suggest that he's not looking over his shoulder is very well for one, it's arrogant, which I don't like. And two, it's very naive. Based on the way we've played so far, apart from the last apart from the second half yesterday, I would say fair enough. But on the first half, absolutely no way. Should we not be looking over our shoulder? H, if you're, um, let's say, uh, let's say Appleton gets sacked tomorrow, and then you you get placed in as manager. Stranger things have happened. But would you? Are you a Fraser in, or are you a, a Fraser out? Would you? Um, can you find a place in this squad or this team with Scott Fraser? There's definitely a place in there for him, but he's just too inconsistent. Again, he's one of those players that Sandgard brought in has given him a very large contract and his contract doesn't match up to his footballing ability. He's, he's a great player. He has been a great player on his day, but his day comes once every three months and that's not good enough for this level for, especially for the money that he's earning. I just, I would like to come to see him come back into the team and do well, but I just can't see. It. I don't think it's realistic. I saw Appleton said that we won't stand in his way for any offers. I, I, I would agree with that. I think he's, he's kind of similar to Anike in the sense that he's he's a great player on his day, but his day doesn't come often enough to justify how much money he's earning and how big his contract is. Because, for example, if we were to, uh, like what we did with Kirk, we terminated his contract. 
that frees up money that we could give to either Blackie Taylor or Dobson for a new contract, which is the main issue that's going on in the background at the minute. It's the main thing hanging over us. If it meant that Dobson or Blackie Taylor would sign, absolutely, I'd get rid of him. 100%. Lastly, for me, Harry, I think um, I think the point you make around the lack of unity is is absolutely massive. There's such a disconnect at the moment. If we assume that the board are keeping Appleton, which it, it very much looks like they are, and if we assume that we're in League One next season, which I hope is an assumption we can make, do you think that do you think that the club can unite behind Appleton next season under the right circumstances? You know, bringing in the right players, or do you think that with Michael Appleton at the helm, there is just no chance until he's replaced? It's difficult, really. It's difficult because I've seen, I've done background checks on him before when he was promote when promoted when he was appointed as manager and a lot of a lot of fans from clubs that he's managed before have said when it's going well it's going really well and when it's going bad it's going really bad and it's a minute to the point where it's going really bad so I don't want to say write him off and say no it's impossible because we saw when he first came in what he could do with the amount of points that we 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 picked up in his first eight games I think we we was on really good form. And then obviously we got hit with loads of injuries. But it's difficult, especially as a Charlton fan, to to comment on how a manager's done because we usually get rid of them after six months anyway. Like when Holden first came in, we looked end of last season, we looked as if we were on the up, especially after that Man United game, we looked as if we were on the up. But the thing is with football, it can change so quickly. And that's that's the thing with Appleton that I can't I don't know at the minute. I think I it doesn't look like the players are playing for him. It doesn't. If if Tanai Watson wanted to run back yesterday and make that challenge and stop that second goal coming in, yes, he was on the way back from an attack, but he could he could have got there. He could have got there. It seems like the players aren't playing for him. And when the players aren't when the players are against you, seemingly, I don't know if that's true. He could, could have just been tired. I don't know. If the players are not playing for you and the fans don't support you, then your back's against the wall. And the writing is effectively on the wall. Like he's he's got one hell of a job to turn it around. And if he does it, I'll be very surprised. Excellent, Harry. That was absolutely brilliant, mate. Thanks for coming on. I really enjoy getting your insight into into everything that's going on. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure we'll speak again at some point. Cheers, mate. Thanks, thanks for being our guest fan this week. Perfect. Oh, there we go. Kicked him off halfway through saying something. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, yeah, that was fascinating. That was that was absolutely excellent there from from Harry. Really uh, enjoyed. Uh, getting his thoughts on everything that's going uh, on at the at the addicts. I'll just try and get through a couple of emails that came in right at the end. So Moses saying uh, that he thinks uh, fans are too quick to jump on players and managers' backs. Uh, the carousel of managers doesn't get us uh, anywhere. He said he liked the look of Backinson and Coventry uh, yesterday. Uh, the second half showed a lot of uh, promise. Uh, Michael saying that Appleton's post-match uh, remarks uh, seem to plunge further and further into fantasy and uh, unreality with each defeat perhaps he should check our position in the table our inability to keep a clean sheet and our current trajectory because if he did he might start to panic like most of the fans uh, are doing uh carl said uh, i feel like she'll be used to this trend now but after 10 games and not feel as angry uh, as he does after every game under appleton yes we were better in the second half uh, but that's because we had a shape and more importantly players in their right position appleton shouldn't get any praise for the second half we're not turning the corner he was the man that masterminded uh, the first half um, that's from uh, Carl. He said, as uh, 
roll on a trip to Burton next week, though. He's an absolute glutton for punishment, Carl, and he takes Jacob with him everywhere as well. He's, he's, he really ought to phone child services at this point. Uh, Gary says, surely Appleton has to go. Uh, I know the players bought in were Holden's team, but he got the sack after, what, seven games. Appleton has had the best part of 20 games to mould these players, and it hasn't worked how much longer. The first half was awful. Uh, Gary says the second half uh, was not much better apart from the 10 minutes when we scored. Who expects uh, probably the smallest man on the park to win aerial battles? He really hasn't got a clue uh, about uh, tactics. That's from Gary. And McSquare said, for once we can ignore the result as Peterborough are one of the best sides in the division. We weren't expected to beat them. We can concentrate on the positive instead. Uh, the fact that our new recruits all made an instant impact plus the return of May. It's clear our season is over now. Any promotion uh, aspirations are, are concerned. Uh, and we are now building for the future on a finishing uh, let us down once again. Oh, finishing let us down once again. Uh, we need to get another striker in ASAP. Uh, then we might be able to finish the season uh, on a positive note. And that's from uh, McSquared. Right, we've run out of time. Um, thank you for everyone who's uh, joined us live uh, on the live stream uh, with your comments and your emails. And, and sorry if I didn't get to any of them. We've got loads today because there has been so much um, to talk about. Um, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts as well. Thanks for everyone who's joined us on Catch Up. Uh, massive thanks to Harry who joined us as our guest fan. Uh, slightly early he was absolutely excellent massive thanks to nathan and to tom always an absolute pleasure to speak to you too cheers lads cheers gents good to see you both so we'll be back on thursday when we'll be looking ahead to the game with burton who knows what sort of transfer news we'll have to talk about uh, at that point as well but i'm louis meadows thanks for listening to charlton liar sponsored by the british institute a kitchen a bedroom and a bathroom installation we shall see you again on thursday <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.